everybody. Hold on one second while I finish getting set up. Thanks for being patient. Interesting. I just intuitive for, any, for anybody who's watching right now. I just intuitively picked a, a tarot card. It's kind of popped out sitting on my desk here. Ace of Pentacles popped out. I'm really shaky right now too. Anybody that's got a lot of energy or anxiety, drinking too much caffeine, maybe I'm hearing. Uh, cut, cut back a little bit on it. It'll help uh, quell the anxiety that you're feeling. Uh, but it's actually centered around a little bit. Wow, a lot of energy coming through, guys. I can really feel it tonight. Centered around a new opportunity that's coming in. I'm trying to like stabilize my hands here calm myself down. It's a big opportunity, right? As something you've been waiting on for quite a while. Uh, it's a gift from the universe, right? But as you can see, is the way I'm, I'm shaking from this, it's a, the gravity of it is going to be something that really, you're going to have to watch yourself, how you react, right? To, uh, to these new opportunities, oftentimes because of the way it'll make us feel sometimes, right? Uh, big opportunities that are good things can be perceived as bad things. Thank you, Allie. Right, uh, and so one of the messages, just to start off the live, I guess we're jumping right in, something wants to talk right away, uh, is to make sure that your blessings um, you're not pushing them away. Uh, this is a very common lesson throughout, uh, you know, the spiritual awakening process. Uh, but specifically now in this season, it's about stepping into uh, kind of the next chapter of your life. And in order to do that, you have to have some top opportunity to grab onto a door to walk through. This is that door. You can see the door right down here, right? The universe is guiding you through that doorway. That being said, as you can see, there's mountains on the other side of that doorway, right? Mountains in the tarot represent kind of uh, things to overcome, right? Think of Sisyphus pushing the rock up the mountain, right? These are things that we're gonna need to work at. Uh, there's a long journey, but it's a, it's being guided, right? You're, you're being uh, drawn this way uh, very intentionally. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean you're just starting out. Uh, this could be a stage on your path, your journey, uh, a checkpoint of sorts in which you get a, a little return uh, for the um, karma that you've cleared, right? You start to receive uh, some of the good karma you're putting out into the universe. So uh, very interesting that I was not expecting that. I don't usually pull tarot for those of you that watch. Uh, and this is why, because when I do, it really comes through powerfully, right? Uh, so these tools can be overused sometimes unintentionally. Uh, and when we give ourselves a break from things, even like we were talking about caffeine to begin with, the things we're kind of addicted to, pull back a little bit, uh, the potency of it will come back. And you also also be able to appreciate the tool uh, or even if it's something as silly as like, you know, the caffeine you enjoy during your day, your coffee or whatever it is. So uh, anyway, hello, Marianne, good to see you. Uh, for anybody that saw me last night, I was out kind of, uh, I'll leave that out actually. I'm here to leave that out. So. Um, I was at a, a football game. There, I think it was one of the first preseason or it might have been the first preseason football game uh, for the NFL last night. And so uh, I was fortunate enough to be given some some tickets and uh, and went there and kind of just streamed it for a little bit for anybody that saw. There was very many people that joined in, but Marianne was one of them. So thank you, Marianne. I appreciate you being there. Uh, but for any of you that did see that, saw, uh, see that and was kind of confused, I, uh, I tend to do different types of content. Uh, one of the other messages that's coming through really strongly tonight, this is one of the, the main points uh, that's, that's coming through for you watching this, uh, is, you know, we like to, uh, first of all, we like to define ourselves as kind of uh, creative beings or non-creative beings, right? More logically minded people, uh, uh, 
and then more artistically inclined people, more creative people. But this isn't really the case. This is just a classification uh, that we layer on top of the world. Human beings like to classify things, right? Let me increase this real quick too. Oh, hi, there I am. <laughs> I thought it was a little dark. <laughs> Boom, all right. Hello, that's a little better. Uh, so I'm being guided to speak about how you think about yourself, how you classify yourself, because um, everybody has a creative side to them, right? Uh, everybody has an artistic side. It's about tapping into that, what, what makes you passionate, uh, what drives you. And, and so uh, the first thing coming through is to to contemplate how you con how you think about yourself if you have rigidly defined yourself thank you Paige I appreciate that um, if you've rigidly defined yourself inside of a certain box which I think modern day most of us have in this world uh, we've been kind of raised in a, a school system and a society that uh, kind of favors one way of viewing the world the non-intuitive logical side of the world so that means that our artistic side the more intuitive side is something that we have to focus on and cultivate very intentionally this is the message coming through for you right now, uh, is if you've labeled yourself as a non-creative up until this point, that is not the case. Uh, matter of fact, your guides are coming through right now very emphatically to tell you that you're a very talented, creative individual, whoever you are, and that whatever uh, you, those, like, that little idea you've had that's attached to a dream, uh, going somewhere else, this path that we're talking about, right? Right here. The reason why the, the message is coming through right, uh, right away to, to, to bolster yourself against the gravity of what's about to be presented to you uh, is because uh, we oftentimes won't be honest with ourselves about what we want because of what it demands of us, right? Uh, not only kind of, well, for instance, in the creative sense, if you recognize yourself as a creative being, uh, relative to the way you've defined yourself up until this point in your life, uh, what that means is that you now have to start acting that way, right? Actually allowing yourself to be vulnerable in the capacity that would create novel things in the world. Beauty, you know, your beauty. Uh, but that requires an incredible amount of courage, uh, which is one of the things uh, that we all have but we don't recognize is this innate ability uh, to bring beauty into the world and the courageous nature that that, uh, that defines that process uh, is something you're being called to right now. And not just you, but anybody in the world that wants to listen is being called to speak up, speak out and push out what you're creating, uh, your true uh, your, your truth into the world, right? And you can see this, one of the things that's sitting in my head right away, guys, is that the new song that's coming out absolutely brilliant. I forget his name. Uh, Red-haired guy. I'm sure you've seen it at this point on TikTok, but an absolutely brilliant song, country song. Uh, and I, I've been feeling this, this burning, right? This stewing for the last couple years. You could feel that the people are not satisfied, not only for the last couple of years, this is a long-term process coming to a culmination, but what you're seeing in individuals like that and many more like him are people creating things finally that will quench a thirst we didn't even know we had, that kind of dissatisfaction with the world and its creativity specifically, or lack thereof, right? The way in which most, uh, uh, most of the artistic world has become kind of co-opted uh, by the by our economy in a certain way, right? Uh, thus killing any of the creativity inside of it. So you're being, you're being called to kind of focus on that side of yourself and to prioritize it in a way that you haven't done until this point. This is what I'm working on as well, right? This is the collective message. But something that's very intimidating 
Uh, hmm. Let's see what other cards. I'm getting cards tonight, guys. This is interesting. We got the Knight of Cups. Came on after that. And again, one of the. I, I do tarot cards a little differently, as you can see, because I don't want to. A lot of times I don't want to ask a specific question. I want to see where the card leads me, right? Because sometimes a certain part of the card will pop out to you and sometimes it won't. I see the cup here, right? And I see, obviously, the knight pops out to me uh, with this almost stoic figure um, willing to cross over some emotional baggage, right? Water represents emotions in the tarot cards, but this river is flowing, so there's kind of a stream of heavy emotions coming through. Uh, and this person, this knight, uh, I, I feel like this is an individual. This may be related to, like, I mean, look at the cup and the hand, right? Hand, cup, hand, cup. This is an individual, somebody in the world, a physical person, right? Uh, that sees your creativity or knows that you have this side to you and, and is looking to offer you the emotional fulfillment. It doesn't actually have to be a person I'm hearing too. Uh, like I said, this could just be an idea, but the idea demands demands that you cross over some kind of emotional barrier, some quick flowing river. Uh, that'll be represented inside of you by like uh, racing thoughts, things that you avoid uh, emotionally, emotion, specific emotions that you avoid, right? Um, that will be the barrier is what I'm hearing, right? To accepting this offer. That's the barrier is whether you're willing to cross over the emotions that up until this point you've turned and ran from, right? Now this is a, a very, heavy message coming through guys but it's a very positive one this isn't like uh i want to clarify something here i'm not telling you to do anything uh what i'm what i'm trying to do here is nudge you in a certain direction right uh or at least point out the i'm sure signs that are already around you right now that you've been noticing or the things you've already been hearing that's all this is is here to serve is like a clarification for that so go in that direction absolutely cool no worries now let me catch up on some of these these comments here. And and also for you guys, the last live I was on, one of the reasons I was so long between lives is I was on for like four and a half hours last time. And it's doing this is, is it may not seem that way, but it's one of the more taxing things you can do. Uh, you'll feel after you do a reading, after you tap in and you start to do channeled messages, you'll feel it physically in your body. It's very draining. Uh, and so me being somewhat new at doing this in a public setting, I have to be very conscien conscious about how I feel after I do this. Because in the moment, I feel great. I feel very excited. Like right now, I enjoy doing this with all of you. But after the fact, that's when I feel it, right? That's when I feel the energy I've been tapping into. It's also coming through for you, right? As an intuitive being, as you start to feel and recognize, well, not start to feel, you've already felt everything around you. You're a part of this world. But as you start to recognize that that sense, that intuitive sense is a sense, it's there, you'll also start to take, you'll start to notice the way it affects you in everyday life, right? Physically, I mean physically, not just emotionally and spiritually, right? In your head, it, it, that translates into a physical pain that you'll feel, a lethargy, a heaviness, a tightness in certain areas of your body. Uh, prioritize yourself, right? As you start to go into this world, as you start to open yourself up to your spiritual gifts, make sure you're listening to how you feel the entire time, right? Uh, because one of the ways we can kind of not uh, go the wrong way, but cause a loop in our progress to where we're kind of going in a circle for a while uh, is by pushing too hard, right? Forcing ourselves, being a tyrant unto ourselves. Uh, 
whipping ourselves, go faster, right? Uh, this is another message coming through for us right now. This collective is, it's a pullback message. Stepping into newness, right? A new world, but at the same time pulling back. And it's a, there's a very specific pullback that's required, right? It's control, right? We don't want to control the thing that's coming in because then we'll change it. So we need to pull back the control somewhat. And then also somewhat of the expectation as well, right? Um, expectation is linked to control with whatever we're trying to manifest. So as we start to expect a very specific outcome, we start to tell the universe we don't want anything else, any other version of it. But to be quite honest, we're not very good at imagining We're not very good at imagining our blessings. <laughs> the universe does a much better job of it. You'll recognize this anytime you've actually been genuinely surprised, right? Uh, joy, pure joy, that kind of surprise you can only experience if you're not controlling a certain part of it, right? Uh, you want a little bit of that surprise. That's what this is somewhat, uh, this next phase that you're stepping into. So take your hands off of the wheel and allow the universe to guide you in the direction that you need to go. There's gonna be like we were talking about water and things you have to cross over, but as long as you're not steering, you know, you won't intuitively turn yourself off the path again, right? Because that's what we tend to do. You know, we, okay, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna create this one thing. And then we get in the car, you know, the figurative car and we grab the wheel and we're like, let's go that direction. And then all of a sudden, before we know it, we can't remember what direction we're going and there's bumps and potholes and it gets dark and the sun's in our eyes and there's all of these other things going on. We can't remember where we got gas last. There's these other things that start to happen uh, that we start to adjust the car, right? How we're driving. And slowly over time, the direction we're headed shifts. Uh, and before we know it, you can end up driving the other direction and back around. And that's the loop that I'm you know, trying to describe here for you that we're trying to avoid, right? Doesn't mean you always will. Those loops are meant to be there for a reason, right? It's a lesson that we haven't learned. So we keep on going around until we learn that lesson, let go of the wheel or whatever lesson it is. It doesn't have to specifically be that for you, but it centers around control, right? And expectation. Um, and that control also extends to what you create. Um, this is a very good example of what I do here. Any of you that listen to my podcast, The Unfounded Podcast, thank you. And I'd recommend if you're enjoying this to go check it out on Spotify or any other of the platforms. Uh, it's a guide through the awakening process, essentially. Very simply put, but <laughs> uh, that being said, when you create something, uh, the podcast being an example, um, what I've learned over the last three or four years as I've created that is that I, I had no idea what I was actually creating when I started it, right? You can hear this. It's one of the reasons why it's kind of a valuable thing is if you go back and listen to the first episode, you'll see exactly how different I was. I do not sound like this, right? I don't, I don't think the same way. Uh, I speak in very different way. I'm very, very insecure. You can hear that it comes through, right? And all of those early episodes, that's what you'll hear is my insecurity and me trying to think through what I'm going to make, who, I'm, who, I, who I am, actually. And this is a process that usually isn't very, uh, isn't enunciated well. It's hidden. We hide this part of ourselves from the world because it's embarrassing uh, to let a world full of people that act like adults, uh, let them know that we feel like a kid inside sometimes. We feel like an amateur, right? But it's part of that process of allowing yourself to let go of the control of, hey, I need to make sure that people think of me a certain way. I need, I need to make sure they don't judge me for what I'm creating. We let that go. 
then what we produce is something honest, right? Something true. Uh, and you know, the only way that happens is for you to trust yourself enough to allow it to. So uh, that's a big message coming through. Also, as you feel, <laughs> so many coming through. I had, as you can tell, I'm trying to organize these, but there, there's a lot of energy coming through because it's been quite a bit since I was on here last. I'm hearing specifically, this is more specific for somebody in the audience, if you're a, a creator like this on TikTok, or content creator, or influencer of some sort, right? Um, there's a big message coming through for anybody that uses these platforms specifically to uh, recognize at an even deeper level what I was talking about, about how you feel energy, pick it up and experience it. Because I have to, I don't know exactly, I can't give an accurate percentage, but I'd say from what I've learned, at least 90% of the time when I'm experiencing now, now that I've, I've kind of worked through some of my trauma, once you've gone through some of that, you'll notice that a lot of what you pick up isn't actually what you're feeling anymore. You, you pick up the environment you're in, you pick up the people you're around, you pick up the content you're watching, the food you're consuming, you pick up all of the stuff in the world. You can feel all of that, but that doesn't usually represent who or how you feel underneath. Once you get that lined out, right, it's a long process. So that once you get there, you can you can actually recognize, oh shit, I don't have to do anything to feel or sense or know what's going on around me. I just feel, just listen, right? So in that context of being a content creator, being on one of these platforms, uh, you are understanding what the phone is, right? What the television is, what a video camera is. There's a reason why they were feared in, in uh, spirituality for quite a while, especially as things like cameras became a new technology. Uh, there was a, a demonization of it. One of the reasons for that is there's this myth or legend that went around that the camera could steal the soul, right? Capture the soul and, and hold on to it. Uh, similar idea to screens because they're a mirror. They act as a certain type of mirror. If you're to shut your phone off and look at your screen, what you'll recognize is it looks very similar to an obsidian slate, which is what you'd use for scrying in witchcraft, right? So that uh, this phone serves the same function, especially when the screen is off, that a scrying stone would use would uh, would serve, right? It opens you up, uh, well, and specifically with the obsidian, with a scrying stone, one of the more dangerous parts about the cell phone, it, with it be having that black complexion, not being a, a, a light mirror, but a shadow mirror in that way, that's what it does. It shows you, brings out, and calls out the shadow aspects of not only you, but the people that use it, that you connect through that medium with, right? And I mean this, it may sound a little kooky, me saying this out loud, uh, some of you that maybe are just starting to step into the spiritual world, but I mean this, and, and you'll probably start to notice it more so after I mention it, right? That the cell phone itself has a, a tendency to uh, be a portal, is the best way I could describe it. So whatever you consume, uh, whatever you put out on there is amplified in that exact same way. Uh, you'll notice um, as a content creator, uh, this is, like I said, a very specific message for you know, a handful of people out there. Um, you'll, when you start to create, you'll notice that these rules start to come through. You don't even have to be a content creator to recognize that uh, as social media has become a thing and people have started to make livings off of it, they've developed rules the same way that you would you know, develop rules in, a, in any industry to how to make money and profit the most and quickest and all of this kind of thing. And what you'll notice is over half of every single social media platform is promotions based on that, based on the rules you should apply to your social media platform to get it to grow, right? These are manipulations. There's a certain way we manipulate the world. 
world, not only the company that's trying to sell you that, but a way that if we accept that, we are saying, hey, yeah, I'd like to manipulate the world that way too. Because it's prioritizing the wrong thing, right? Uh, we're saying what we need to do is change ourselves, the way we look and what we're creating to suit whatever is the most popular out there, which is precisely, and I mean precisely, it's not only not true, it's an untruth. It's precisely the opposite of what you should be doing, right? What you should be, be doing, as I described earlier, is creating something when you want to, when you're passionate and without fear of judgment. When you do that, you'll notice not every time, but the things that are successful, those are the ones that are. And most of the time, the things that are the most successful are the things that you doubt the most. What does that mean? I've noticed this myself a lot. This is getting a little bit more to the point. Sorry for the long tangent, but it takes a long time to explain, right? As you create something, you know, you're going to start to sense the people that are experiencing it on the other end too, right? Everybody that views what you create. For example, how I was describing me tuning into how I feel after I do a live like this, that I can feel, right, the energy. And it's, it's not a bad thing. It doesn't reflect it negatively on anybody in this live right now. It's a, it's a process of, of uh, transmuting uh, heavier energies, right? Uh, when, if, if you're coming in this live and you feel a little down or unsatisfied or, or angry or bitter or resentful or whatever I said that drew you here, right? When you leave, if you feel a little bit better, which I hope you do, that's the energy that I end up taking and transmuting. And that's what you are learning how to do as well, right? This is something everybody can do and should do. And it's not about healing somebody else. That's not what I'm doing. That's not my intention either. I can't heal you. Don't try to do that for other people. You won't be able to do it. You'll just sync with them. But what you can do is share what works for you. And as you do that, you will unintentionally take on this energy from other people. So if you've been creating and you've noticed that you, you try to get on the, the train, right? You try to push out content consistently in the way, the rules. It doesn't have to just be in, in the social media platform, but any kind of industry where you're, you have a high level of demand, daily demand, and you have to push things out creatively. You could be a musician. You could be an artist of some sort. You'll notice that writer's block happens when you're pushing, right? When you're trying to focus on creating that next big thing, that next new thing. You know, musicians know this intricately writers um, so that we have to allow ourselves to trust the process trust ourselves and just flow in the way that Bruce Lee would describe it you know if I take the positive interpretation of this water here it's that flowing pattern to it it's not stagnant right what you'd notice if this was something that was going to be like a really deep heavy process is the card would show you a whole ocean of water right it wouldn't show you a little stream in a desert, right? That means there's not quite, not very much, actually, because we're in a desert and it's flowing, so it's moving. That, re that reflects good on the work that you're doing right now, right, up until this point. Uh, so allow that to continue to flow and that's what, out of that process, out of that flow, you're gonna create things that you, in the moment, if you tried to think about it before the, beforehand, you would destroy it, right? Because you, you put that control on something that you'll recognize retrospectively, the only way it happened is you not controlling it. Uh, matter of fact, I've noticed some of the things I've created that have been the most popular, I've almost deleted, almost every single one of them, right? Because I would judge myself very deeply, very harshly. Those judgments oftentimes, it's once, once you, we work through these kind of fears, these insecurities, you'll recognize you're, most of the time you're not picking up your own insecurity. You know, as you start to create more content, what you'll notice is, I like what I'm creating. I did this for the right reason. I'm questioning it. 
for some other reason. Why is that? The cell phone, the communities we're connecting with, the people you're surrounding yourself with, the food that you're consuming, the media you're consuming, right? So uh, it's kind of a holistic message of, of being consciously aware of where we are in the world, how we feel in the world, and uh, how that affects what we produce and create in the world, right? Regardless of where you're at in it. So, 5-5, five, five, angel number for anybody watching, I'm gonna have to catch up on some comments here because I've been going for a while to start. Uh, let me drink the water here too. That's not water. That's <laughs> yerba mate. <but laughs> Which I probably shouldn't be drinking as I just think, <laughs> watch your caffeine intake as I'm drinking a yerba, <laughs> yerba mate. <laughs> You can see how the, the intuitive channeled messages come through. These are not for you. I'm not telling you this is what you should do. I'm telling me this is what I should do. And you're listening. And if you're listening, it's the same message. <laughs> you know I mean? You'll notice if you listen to yourself, it's the same message. You know, I'm not doing anything for you. I'm just pointing out that you're already feeling this way, right? Uh, you can do the same thing for other people. Yeah, that's how that's how the psychic abilities work. There's nothing mystical about it, right? One of the things I'm really trying to do here with these lives is demystify what it means to be psychic, what it means to to be intuitive, right? It's not something you're you're gifted with when you're born. Some people I think are more naturally prone to being able to sense and feel these things, uh, and some people it takes a little more work to notice it, essentially, right? Just because of the way that we're based in the world initially, right? The, the, communities we grow up around, the things we're taught, all of that can cause us to not be able to see something. We literally, one of the things that creates a reality is our belief in it being real. So if we're not ever brought up in a situation where we would consider this a real thing, we will not see it. We won't allow ourselves to. We'll call it a coincidence, as many of you may have done continually over your life, right? You'll notice the universe brings you proof, the very thing that you're looking for. And every time they do, you'll say, oh shit, that's not a coincidence. Cause it's terrifying. <laughs> it's like, oh shit. If that's real, that means I really got to accept like everything's real. And that's, mm, you know, so man, there's a lot of energy coming through tonight. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I'm bouncing all over. Uh, let me, let me catch up on some of these real quick guys. Uh, <laughs> frankly, uh, that's funny. I mean, I'm flattered <laughs> by the comment there. Uh, Cole says, I hope it's my mom coming through you. Uh, she just passed away a few weeks ago. It feels like you're speaking. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. So I don't usually like to identify specifically, uh, you know, beforehand if I'm going to try to talk to somebody, but that's how it happens. I don't think your name's actually Cole, but I'm going to refer to you that way. Um, you just confirmed that, right? There's, there's a lot of energy trying to get through. I was trying to figure out what that is. Absolutely, Cole. Um, your loved ones, and she's around you, not me, <laughs> right? So that's that's one of the things you need to recognize right now is one of the reasons I'm telling you this is she's coming to me to explain this in a more detail to where it's more com comforting for you, right? And anybody else that's in the live as well, your ancestors, your guides, those are the ones speaking right now, right? Um, it's, it is a general message as well, but whoever is important to you on the other side, and even if you don't have somebody that's past that you know, know that there's somebody important to you on the other side. You are a, a, the product of thousands of human beings. Their work, culmination of their life is you, right? Those people, whether you knew them or not, are around you right now. They're coming through very emphatically to let you know that you can sense them, you can hear them, they can talk to you. It's just not in the exact same way that you felt here when they were right next to you. It's a little less tangible, 
but it gets more tangible as you believe in it. What I was just saying, they're trying to explain to you that we can't talk to you unless you believe we're here still, right? <laughs> so uh, anybody, specifically Cole, that, that's a really beautiful message coming through. So I'm really glad that I could connect uh, with your mom because it is, it's a very, very hard thing to lose somebody that you're close to like that. I know I've lost a handful of people in my family, uh, unfortunately, some that I was very close to. And those have become, this is why this is coming through for you, uh, my points of contact on the other side. Matter of fact, my kind of like my cheerleaders on the other side, right? Uh, they'll stick around you. They'll be there. They're, those specifically are the, the people, the energies, right? The energies in this at this point uh, that are there to help you through this process, right? Matter of fact, oh man, <laughs> Cole, this is for you too, right? This is specifically for you and anybody else that it resonates. Um, and this might help lift a little bit of the pain you're feeling, right? In the last couple of weeks. One, death is not the tough part, right? It may look that way because of the way some people pass, the way it's drawn out, right? That part's the tough part, but the actual passing, that's the easy part. That's the going back to what's real, what's true, right? So know that. Anybody that's lost somebody, know that. And when people say they're in a better place, they truly mean that, uh, regardless of what you believe. That is the truth. That being said, uh, this is kind of hard to hear sometimes too, but it really does help. Uh, that when people leave, you'll notice that they leave in that way when they pass specifically every time at a point in your life, it almost sometimes will initiate a change in your life, a drastic change that will feel like a tower moment. Uh, it can feel like dying yourself, but more figuratively, that is the awakening process at play. And that is an initiation of that contact on the other side. If you recognize that they're still there, they are still a part of you in the world, Matter of fact, every experience you've ever had of them still lives inside of you. And you'll notice that as soon as you as you look, right? They're there to, they, they tre people go right when they're supposed to in exactly the time frame that you needed it to as well. It's not, it's not like they're going for you, but everything's synchronistic. You know, it's like the butterfly effect, as above, so below, right? So, and there are no coincidences. So uh, know that. And forgive me for not knowing your specific name, but uh, Cole, know that your your mom is on the other side and she is there uh, to help you with this process. And you may even, I'm hearing, notice, you might be right now hearing, seeing, or sensing something, synchronicities, numbers, sounds, and smells. That's what I would look out for, right? She'll direct you if there's a certain smell I'm getting for some reason. Uh, if you remember the way she smelled, look for that. If you, if you notice any odd smells when you're walking around, uh, Pay attention to where your mind goes and who you think about right after. And uh, anyway, that's what I got for you in that specifically. I hope it helped. Thank you, Kate. I appreciate that. North of Richmond, frankly. Yes, that's it. So anybody that wants to check out that song, uh, it's called North of Richmond. I forget his name. Fantastic, beautiful, soulful. It's the kind of thing that you can see as soon as you listen to it, regardless of how you feel politically or anything like that, that that's... That's real, man. That's a real person saying something they really believe. And God damn it. Again, if you don't, you'll, you'll recognize immediately. Like, even if you don't agree, I fucking love it. I want more of that. You know what I mean? I want more of that and less of whatever the fuck's been going on before that. Thank you, Hope. I appreciate that. Uh, and so it's, it's a really, uh, hmm. sorry. Just an interesting personal thing right there. Um, 
Kim asks, how do I bring beauty after my son passed? I want to, but have difficulty. Well, Kim, I hope that message, because it's definitely for you as well that I just went through, uh, know that. Uh, now the message at the end that I was bringing about people passing right when they need to, that's a much more difficult message in that context, but it is still true, right? Uh, I'm hearing the, the song, Only the Good Die Young, right? Um, this is, there's a reason this saying is around, and it's because it is true. Right? It doesn't mean you're bad if you didn't, <laughs> if you didn't pass earlier in life. Uh, but you'll notice that some of the most uh, beautiful souls in the world are taken from us very early in life. Uh, and the, the reason, at least the way I've been able to rationalize that, I hope this helps you, Kim, uh, but this is just the way I've been able to understand that because it is one of the most fundamental questions you'll get as you start to you know, open yourself up to the idea of something bigger. Is, you know, how could you know, a God, a universe, allow things like that to happen, people to suffer, the kind of suffering that happens every second of every day. Right? How does that, how is that, uh, how does that happen? And I, I think the way we can describe it, the way that I can describe it the best uh, is actually a way that I, I, I got in a download and was confirmed for me uh, through Dolores, what's her name? Let me find her really quick, because I, I brought her up last, is it Campbell? I always want to say Campbell, but I don't think it's Campbell. Dolores Chandler, what's her name? Somebody might know. I'm way back on the comments. <laughs> Channeler. There, there she is. Dolores Cannon. So for anybody that's interested, check out Dolores Cannon. A bunch of stuff on YouTube and on TikTok you probably see. Um, but one of the things she described, uh, and it hit me so hard because I got it in a download and it's something I didn't consider really fundamentally true or trust until I saw her say it too. Because it was like, and you might have ha had this happen as well. Like you'll have an idea you didn't get it from somewhere else and then you see somebody else say it and it kind of confirms it for you. Oh, that's not as crazy of an idea as I thought. This is how this happened for me. So anyway, I digress. Uh, Dolores was talking in one of these videos about what Earth is and in, in, in this relevance to kind of the rest of the universe and, and understand that Dolores, what she did was uh, she was a uh, hypnotherapist, but she specifically would work with uh, channeling. So she would uh, have individuals that she would be working with uh, go under hypnosis with her and then she'd guide them very similar to if you've ever seen uh, what they've uh, done in, um, in Men Who Stare at Goats, you know, uh, this true story about the CIA program to, to you know, do uh, astral travel and things like that, uh, spy agency, that kind of stuff similar kind of thing going on, but Dolores would have people intentionally go and see different time frames, uh, ask spiritual questions, these kind of questions, like what is Earth actually, uh, what is the relation to the rest of the universe, and try to actually get information out. She did this for years and years and years, and there's a ridiculous collection of her work, so it's fascinating to see what she got out of this, but one, this is one of those truths that came out of that, uh, is that Earth is a, I hope this resonates with you as well, uh, is not an easy place. First of all, give yourself credit. And you know this innately. You already know this. Like Earth is, this is a fucking terrifying place to be. Matter of fact, it's the heaviest vibration place in the universe, right? Specifically that way. It's why you can't remember what you are, right? Fundamentally. The way you can know that that's true is you don't know what the hell you came from, what you are, and that's why we all wonder what God is, right? The reason that is the case is because this density here is, is super heavy. It's similar to black hole. Gravity is so much in this place where certain information can't escape, can't come through, right? So once you come here, you lose that connection to what you came from. So you feel you're alone immediately. That's one of the first reasons why it's the heaviest place. Uh, it's isolation. 
that goes deeper. I don't really want to go all the way into it. Maybe we will. But if you go into a deeper, you know, if, if you ever do a thought experiment about, about why God created this, one of the answers you'll come to, if you go deep enough into it, is that God was lonely or quite possibly could have been lonely. If it's the only thing in the universe, wouldn't it want to have another thing like it to say hey to or to experience what it's creating, right? I do believe, at least this is what I've gotten to in my own kind of meditations, that that's one of the fundamental reasons for God, the way you can recognize for this earth and all of the things that we've created. One of the ways you can recognize that uh, is that your deepest fear is being alone. Not just yours, it's everybody's, right? Everybody's. That's why to punish people that are already in trouble, we isolate them. We put them in isolation tanks. You'll drive people insane, right? There's truth in that. It's shadow, but it's shadow truth, but it's truth. 100, right? And it's that I believe this truth that one of the reasons this was created is because God is lonely. God wanted something else besides God, or at least to experience what that would feel like. So what did God do? Cut God's self in half. But what does that mean? If you cut yourself in half, I automatically can't feel the other half of me. That's the definition of it. But now I have something to play with. Now they have something to wonder about, to fear even, right? Because they don't know what's going on in its head anymore. That's duality explained. It's the reason for its existence. But the reason at a deeper level that Dolores goes on to explain is it, it creates a certain capacity for experience that isn't possible without it, right? This is the reason for pain in the world. This is the reason for what we call suffering. And the suffering is not real, real. it's more pain, right? That low vibration, the reason it exists is because it's necessary for everything that's beautiful to exist. It's a certain type of contrast setup that allows us to view everything. So that uh, when we come here, we come here full well knowing that. Uh, but <laughs> another reason why this place is kind of a son of a bitch is most people before you come here think they're gonna be able to come here and remember what they are, right? It's this big like grand challenge. I can do it. Sure, <laughs> go, go try. As soon as you pop out, wow, what the hell am I? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, and that's the hard part. The birth part's the hard part. Um, imagine going from inf infinite to separated and consolidated. That doesn't feel very good, right? So point being, uh, give yourself credit. This place is not easy to, to uh, and not an easy place to embody or be in. And oftentimes we come here uh, for a myriad of reasons. Um, oftentimes those reasons are different, you know, different reasons for different people because they want to have different experiences. So what you may notice is that some people get called back very early and some people have very long lives, right? Uh, but that if we recognize that one of the, that fundamental truth is that this is, this is a very heavy place to be, then a lot of the, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the sadness, uh, when, when, when people leave us in this place, we can let go with that too, right? Uh, knowing, knowing that this is the hard place to be, this conception of wanting to extend life forever to escape some kind of spiritual hell or death right? Uh, this is the lie. There's nothing to be afraid of in that release, right? That release is something that is, is uh, like I said, a reuniting with the true self, you, like God, again, right? And so um, know that, Kim, that's coming through. I know that was a really long tangent, but know that, um, that he is in that better place, right? Whole again, right? And there's no judgment uh, in this world in the way that it's been explained, in most of the religions, I truly believe this. Don't mean to argue with anybody, but I truly believe this. It's our own judgment that causes that feeling. It's not an external one, right? Uh, and that he will be there uh, 
anytime you want to speak with him. You have to, in the same way, believe that that's real, right? And he can come through in numbers, sounds and smells, thoughts, memories specifically, right? Uh, and when you're laughing, I'm hearing, when you're laughing, you'll know he's around. <laughs> I hope that helps. I'm glad it resonates, guys. I appreciate it. Costa is an interesting comment. So Costa says, tarot cards are demonic. You're talking to demons. And I want to point this out because uh, this is a common fear. This is a very common fear, right? Uh, for any of you watching right now, I want you to honestly, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to uh, be dramatic here. I want you to think about how you feel or how you felt while you've watched me or listened to what we're doing. I want you to ask yourself whether that feels wrong anything that we've talked about, right? Now, one of the, I understand where that's coming from, Costas, right? Because I'm, I was raised Roman Catholic and I still follow a lot of the Catholic traditions. I follow all of the religious traditions in some capacity, as a matter of fact, because they are all true. But uh, one of the issues with recognizing they're all true is confronting the idea of good and evil, uh, specifically in the context of the conundrum places every religion throughout history in, in relation to other religions. Uh, because more often than not, other religions are demonized uh, because they clash. Certain ideas apparently clash on the surface with uh, said religion so that it, 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 it makes us feel uh, like we have to defend what we believe. Uh, and this obviously makes us perceive whatever we're defending against as an attacker. Right? Uh, this, is a, this is a misconception, right? I, and I truly believe it's something we can free ourselves from. First of all, Costas, there's nothing to be afraid of in that way. While those kind of energies, the low vibration energies you're describing, the demonic energies, they exist. They definitely do. I've experienced them in ways you'd never want to experience them, I promise you. Right? Uh, so I'm not denying that. But these, specifically, uh, are not that. They're not directly attached to that. These are just cards. There's nothing innately magic about them, right? What's magic is what comes through you when you look at them. And I don't need these to do that. That's why I don't use them most of the time, <laughs> right? That's why it was interesting that I used them tonight uh, because it leads people to believe that we're doing something innately magic. And yes, it is magic, but not in the way that we've been taught, right? Not in this good versus evil way, not in this witchcraft that kind of conception of the world is something that is placed in our heads so that we close ourselves off from the reality that is our intuitive and psychic abilities. Uh, they're deeply related to the divine mother inside of us all, which is also deeply related to our shadow world, the shadow world and our shadow selves, which is also why when we try to open up to any of those mediums like this, what we feel is demonic. It's that fear because we're opening up to a side of ourselves that is innately that kind of vibration, right? Things, it, it, it is the darkness innately, right? So there's, there's this, uh, there's the, I, I, I hope that that's not too heavy for anybody watching or too aggressive. I, I really want to respect your views, Costas, because I understand genuinely where they come from. And uh, I don't want to, try to make you feel like I'm trying to convince you to use a modality that you're not comfortable with. If you're not comfortable with it, there's a reason for that. There's plenty of other ways to connect and interface with 
spirit in ways I'm sure you're familiar with through just simple prayer and thought. It's actually the best way to do it because these will actually lead us astray. One of, <laughs> thank you so much for this comment, Costas, because I, I love being able to comment on some of these things, right? Uh, one of the other reasons I don't use tarot cards very much, and one of the messages coming through for you all watching right now, who most likely do see a lot of tarot cards on TikTok and YouTube, is uh, genuinely, genuinely, most of the time, they're, they're you should think of them more as entertainment, genuinely. It's partially why most of those creators will put for entertainment purposes only, right? Because it legally protects what they're doing. If for some reason it is something that isn't correct, you know, that you can be legally held responsible for that, especially if you're giving people advice, right? So one of the things you'll notice on most tarot card readers and readings is they'll put that down below. This is for entertainment purposes only. And that is not a lie. That is what this is for. The messages come through in those moments when you're being, when you're disarmed, right? Uh, it's why partially one of the best ways to get a message through to you is through like a movie or a book, right? Or, or music, because it disarms you enough. It relaxes you enough to where the information can actually permeate, penetrate, right? Um, interesting tangent, this energy that's coming through, right? Uh, but this is the same thing that's going on in the tarot card tarot cards uh, when you're watching a, uh, a reading, which is why you have to be really careful about which readings you watch and why I bring this warning kind of every live, uh, because it will cause a loop if you're not careful, right? It's one of the easiest ways to get yourself caught in a circular fashion, because what feels good to listen to and entertaining oftentimes with tarot is not what's actually the steps you need to take. Many times it can be mirrored. So what feels good to listen to and entertaining to listen to oftentimes can be an opposite representation of the direction you should be headed, especially if we're in our shadow, right? Uh, so while that's not always the case, uh, you are the thing. You are always the thing that is actually determining uh, the accuracy of the reading. You choose whether you accept it or not, right? So know that when you're watching these things, that if that and listen to how you're feeling. If those readings, if, if, if you start to not enjoy it, right? First of all, why are you watching it? Are, are you watching, you know, are you watching it to punish yourself? Are you watching it to remind yourself of how insecure you are or how bad of a person you are or how much you messed up? Or the opposite way, if, if it is something that's just entertaining, why are you watching it, right? Is it just building your ego? Is it pumping you up in ways that are unhealthy? Or is it reminding you of ways that you bring beauty into the world, you know, you ask your, and I'm not, there's no judgment in any of those questions. How, what is actually how you're feeling? Why are you watching it? As soon as you ask that question, you'll recognize, oh, that's not for me. Oh, that is for me. Why? Because it made me feel beautiful. And it just pointed out something that I, I am. That's great. And it's entertaining and it's fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but not always the case. Now, that being said, you know, you can get very pointed with tarot cards too. It's not always gonna be fun. Thank you, Rebecca, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, matter of fact, you know, how you learn that tarot is real is through getting some really tough messages that are so damn accurate, you can't deny them, <laughs> you know? So it's a very confusing thing to explain, but it is necessary, so necessary today because of how much more prevalent they are becoming and will become moving forward to explain what they are you know, especially with that comment, Costa. So thank you very much. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate that. Thank you, guys. Um, 
I hope uh, that didn't make you uncomfortable anything I said, Costas, but I, I, I hope it helps a little bit to demystify some of these things. And if you are curious at all, my nose is really itchy right now too, guys, for, if that's significant to anybody watching. Um, j just know you don't have any, there's nothing to be afraid of, Costas, right? There's, there's nothing to be afraid of in these. And I hope that the way I, I'm bringing this message, you know, kind of lends that credit. Uh, because that's not the case with everybody that uses tarot. There are people out there that specifically use it to co contact those kind of energies because it makes them feel powerful. It makes them think that they can control the world or manipulate them, the world. Matter of fact, if you want to manipulate the world, what you're working with is what the Bible refers to as demonic or all of these different religions refer to as demonic. Why? Because it's degrading. It's just degradation. It's just low vibration, right? Uh, but we do a disservice when we start to label things as innately evil or not, right? Because we're not listening then. We're not actually checking in how we're feeling. We're just saying that's this. Oftentimes, anything we do that with, where we just automatically label it, ask yourself where you got that information from. Who told you it? Or did you come up with that idea yourself? Is that something that you actually believe? Or is that something that somebody spoke really passionately about and convinced you you should believe it too? Because those are two different things. Things you really believe, you'll come across, you'll find yourself. You don't need people to teach you. It's another lie that we've been fed in this world. You don't need to be taught shit. What you learn, what you want to learn, you'll learn. And you'll have fun doing it. The only reason this conception of needing to be taught things exists is because we've been molded or intentionally been molded into very specific things. Non-emotional, uh, non non-intuitive, working things, consuming things, right? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. It's weird, Patrick. The only thing I, so Patrick, I saw you ask a couple times here and I don't usually do when people ask specifically for readings in this form because it's, it's chaotic. As you can see, there's a lot of energy. It's very hard to figure out what's for you. And I'm just sitting here with, you know, 65, 70 people. This is, you'll let me know if this is relevant to you. I heard very clearly in my head, in my right side, call home. Call home. So I, I don't know how that uh, relates to you. I hope it's significant. Um, but that's all I'm getting right now is call home. 855. So. It's interesting. Tarot is draining, Bridget. Absolutely. It's very draining for sure. Frankly, says, I've been deliberately ignoring all my callings, hence why I'm feeling depressed, probably. Boom. You got it, brother. Absolutely. Uh, that's, I love that kind of truth and vulnerability, too. It takes a lot of courage to say something like that in a public forum. Thank you for being that, right? Uh, and you should be very proud of yourself to be somebody that has the kind of courage to say that out loud. I've been and am the same thing often, Right? I deliberately ignore what I'm supposed to be doing and I know I'm supposed to be doing it, right? I'm doing that right now as we speak. I know I'm doing it. <laughs> and I'm trying to work and build up the courage to not do it anymore. So what's your version of that? Thank you, Frank. What a, what a fucking powerful message coming through for all of us right now. What are, what are you putting off? Is there something, right? And it's something that has some gravity to it. Right? 
There's a story of Jonah and the whale in the Bible. For those of you that don't follow the Christian traditions, I'll, I'll recite it real quick. Um, it's a story that you might hear Jordan Peterson talk about often if you listen to him, but it's a fascinating story because of the depth of it. So you have Jonah, who's approached by God in the Bible, right? And God speaks to him and says, Jonah, go to this city. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Uh, go to this city and tell the people that if they don't stop sinning, you know, destruction will happen or something like that. They got to stop doing something bad. Right? Go tell all the people. But, I mean, this is like a, a, imagine a modern city. Imagine you as a single individual person being told to go into the middle of Las Vegas and tell everybody they're sinners, <laughs> you know, or something like that, right? Something really radical that would make you would demand a lot of you. And what does Jonah do? He says, uh, no. <laughs> No, matter of fact, he doesn't say no. He says, fuck no. He turns around and he runs away. He gets in a boat, finds a boat with a bunch of other sailors, and he tries to sail across the ocean as far away <laughs> from that place as he possibly can. What happens? A storm starts. And it's such a bad storm that all the sailors start to get really suspicious. You know, sailors are kind of, uh, what's the right word? Paranoid group in certain ways, right? And so uh, they <laughs> start to ask around, are any of you like on the outs with your God, right? Like, have you done some shit? Like you murdered somebody or whatever? Because like, this is a storm for the ages and something's pissed at us. They go around and he's like, no, no, no. And they get to Jonah and Jonah's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was supposed to do something and I didn't do it. And of course, all the people are like, well, there's our problem. And so in the, it's kind of interpreted differently. Most of the time when you read the story, you'll think, you know, they say they just throw Jonah out of the boat and you think it's harsh. But Jordan Peterson points out something specifically is they, in the story, if you read it deeper, they don't, they kind of contemplate, you know, the morals of it. Like they don't necessarily want to just kill the man, but also there's like this, you're, you're, uh, you've sinned against God, right? So you're, you're, avoidance of doing your duty in life is what's causing the chaos around us and we can't do anything to change that for you you have to change that you have to choose to do what you were called to do but you won't do that so in order to get to save ourselves to save you know from from the ramifications of god's wrath we have to cast you out and so they do they throw jonah overboard and you know jonah's now in the middle of the ocean this storm's waging he's gonna die and you think it's about as bad as shit can get and then something worse happens. <laughs> a big fucking whale from the depths of the ocean swims up, swallows him whole, and takes him down back to the, the bottom of the, the pit, the ocean, for three days. And it isn't until Jonah, sitting in the belly of the whale, finally breaks down and says, okay, God, I'll do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for denying what you've been calling me to do, for ignoring it, for doing everything besides that, for trying to convince myself it wasn't real, whatever, I, I will do it. Whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. And so the rest of the story goes, Whale comes up and, and spits out Jonah and he goes to the town and spreads the message. And, and so it might've been about Elijah. I can't remember specifically, but Elijah was like an archetype for Jesus, kind of came before Jesus. So, it, But it was a prophetic message he was meant to bring that would have been detrimental to him. So. I say that story, Frank, because it reminds me of, of as you, you said that, you know, thinking, you know, deliberately ignoring my calling, right? So that's one part of it. Our calling is that 
God message. It's that message from the divine universe saying, hey, this is what you need to be doing. Why? Because it's going to bring beauty into the world. All of that pain and suffering that you're seeing in it, all of that low vibration, it's partially how you're going to heal it. But in order to do that, right, you have to put something into the world, something beautiful. Thank you, old crone. I appreciate you. Uh, and that's why we get that feeling of depression. Because we know this. We know this inside. right? We know this is what we're supposed to be doing, and we don't do it. Uh, so our life does start to get worse, uh, sometimes slowly and sometimes rapidly, depending on how important the message is, usually. <laughs> right? If it's a really a big one, shit will go downhill quick. Right? You can be shocked how quickly your, your, your life can devolve in that way. Right? Lesson we don't like to learn. But that's why I think, thank you, Frank, for saying that, because obviously you're going through a very similar experience like I am that Jonah has gone through. Right? And that's, that speaks of the path you're on. That means you're doing something right. So good on you. <laughs> and again, very courageous thing to do in a public forum like this. Thank you. Mm, what frequency? Uh, so thank you for asking, Frank. Let me actually... Put in the information. Um, this is the background music. All of the background music that I use right now, until I start using the stuff that I'm producing, um, is produced by Kevin MacLeod. He is a, uh, I think he's an English uh, musician, uh, but he he did all of this music, a crazy variety of music, and he, he it's all free Creative Commons stuff. So it's beautiful. I've been using it for years now. Uh, if you have any projects that you're working on that you need music for or things like that, uh, check out Kevin MacLeod. You can just type his name in. I'll put his name right here in the comments in a second. Uh, or go to filmmusic.io. I don't know if it'll let me put it in the... It usually doesn't let you put in links, I don't think, but maybe it will. Um, and this specific song, I'll pin it real quick. So that's pinned to the top. Um, this specific song is garden music. Uh, so for those of you that like this specific song, it's called Garden Music. It's a, it's a long one. It's like 40 minutes long. Uh, I use it in the podcast quite a bit. Uh, but there's a ton of them that I, I really, really enjoy uh, by him. I got like a whole playlist of like probably 30 or 40 songs I, I alter through as I'm doing podcasts for background music. So, all right. Awesome. Okay, so that took me all the way down to the bottom. Thank you guys. Thank you for that. I'm going to try to stay caught up now. Uh, apologies if I missed any comments in there. Um, let me see here. Thank you, Taylor, for that comment. I appreciate that. Hmm. Rebecca says, for me, the time of paralysis ended up helping me uh, become aware of things I couldn't focus on while being very busy. I just got something. So Marianne, uh, if you're still in here, I saw your comment uh, to do a, to read me. I, I see people putting those comments in. And like I said, it's very hard to dive around the energy that way and to get you a, a legitimate message. Um, There's, some, there's a lot of energy coming through right now as I had a message that came through and now I'm having a hard time remembering it. That's one thing you'll notice with channeled messages is you're not thinking them, right? So you have to like, you have to catch it almost <laughs> and like toss it out, speak it out real quick. That's why, that's why uh, authenticity is required to do this kind of work because 
uh, you'll filter that if you're not, if you're, if you're thinking like that, if you're actually doing the normal process that most people do of thinking, it's just a process of filtering out what comes through us, uh, trying to figure out what's the right thing to say. Uh, so, um, For those of you that want a more specific message, one thing that'll help me tune into what you're in is if you do a, if you notice the comments that spark something, right? Uh, it doesn't have to be like, don't give me like a detail about what you're actually going through if you don't want to, uh, but something about you is I need a way to, for you to open up, right? So thank you, Marcy. Um, I, I don't know how to describe this. So what ends up happening, one of the reasons why it's hard to do messages like that when people ask is one of the reasons people are usually asking uh, for a channeled message directly is because uh, they're, they're thirsty for something. They know they're missing something. They want some kind of information, right? Uh, but the reason they're not, because you can always get that information yourself. The reason you're not getting it is because there's a closed, there's a, you're closed down in a specific way, right? Not allowing that information to come through, right? So in order, and that's, it's a defense mechanism, right? So Marianne, this is coming through for you, but this may be for a lot of other people sitting here too, right? Uh, anybody that is feeling really compelled as you watch me uh, to ask for a reading and want me to read what's going on with you specifically, right? Because one of the reasons I have a hard time doing that oftentimes in the moment, sometimes it will happen, is because there's a closed off nature to the question itself, right? Um, in order for me to bring those messages through, I need to, I need to have like some kind of like, oh, what's the right way to put it? I need to be able to feel you, right? And the only way I can really feel you is through like just a little comment or something about what you're experiencing in your life. It doesn't have to be exactly, like I said, everything that you're going through, but like a question about what's concerning you, right? Or, uh, you know, even a statement about how you feel right now or whatever that is, those things just that, that'll key me into where you're at, right? And then I can try to tune into the message for you. Because like I said before, oftentimes, every time the message is, it's a general collective message, but you have to filter it down to your individual sphere. So I can go and individually give everybody their piece of the information, but it's the same collective message, right? Uh, the only reason, like I said earlier, that we want that specific message is there's, a, and it's nothing wrong with this, there's a certain amount of entertainment we get from it, of, of love and passion we get from hearing something described for us that we haven't had described. And that's something that I want to give to people. Thank you, Susan. But I also don't want to, I don't want you to rely on me. I'm not, I, again, I can't do any of that for you, right? This is a part of the message that needs to be brought in spirituality, that misnomer of healer, right? Healers are not there to heal you. That's not what they're there to do. They're there to explain the healing process, uh, to guide you through it in certain ways, to show you the path in the same way that like kind of Jesus did. But uh, they're not there to do it for you. This is a misconception, right? Which is also why if, you, if you'll find yourself, if you're looking for readings or you're looking for certain information, you keep on trying to find it, you'll you'll get thirstier and thirstier and thirstier. It's almost like an addiction uh, because it's it's not... Uh, we're looking everywhere else besides the place we know we should, right? How do we find out what that place is? What are you the most afraid of? And I mean the most. 
Not just like, what's a phobia you've had since you were a kid? I don't like spiders or something. I mean, genuinely, if you, you have to prepare yourself for this, maybe even get into a bath, I'm hearing, right? Uh, draw yourself a nice bath, set up the environment so it's, you know, it's, it's comfortable for you, but then allow yourself to go into that meditation into whatever you're the most afraid of, right? You can do this for yourself. You don't have to have somebody to do it for you, but you have to be brave to do it because it's not a fun process. And actually being able to see what your deepest fear is, is something that most people will never get to because they'll never answer the question. They'll never ask it, right? That's something that's coming through for everyone tonight as well. In general, we've kind of already talked about, I think what everybody's deepest fear is specifically. But like I said, that applies to your life in a different way than it does to mine, right? So what I, what I tend to, what I've come to is my deepest fear. This was true throughout my life, but what I do think is a fundamental one for everybody is loneliness, being alone. I think that's my deepest fear, right? Not just in the sense of not having people around me, but in the sense that, which is where I think the fear of the idea of there's nothing after we die comes from, because that's like the ultimate, you're alone and isolated. When we come into existence, screaming, kicking and crying, we fart away all the way through trying to make out even a small amount of comfort or satisfaction until we disintegrate into dust with nothing, right? It, it, it's one of the most depressing conceptions I've ever, ever conceived of. It's never described that way, but it's incredibly depressing. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> that looked pretty good, actually. <laughs> um, it's also how you know it's not true. <laughs> things that are true don't make you feel that way. You'll notice that things that are true, ideas that are true, even true beauty in the world, it inspires a very specific excitement, adventure, pride, love, all of these things, truth is a, is a powerful fucking energy. The one thing it won't do to you is make you feel despair like that. Pure and utter despair. Lack of everything and anything. That doesn't sound like something I would want to believe in. And I believe I was created to believe in things I want to believe in. Right? That's the people that do that believe in what they want to believe in are the things that create the most beauty in the world. Why? Because what you want to believe in, like I said, is the truth. It doesn't sound right when we say it in a logical sense, in a logical world, but I promise you that's the truth. What you want to believe in is what you believe in. You will believe in. You, it, there's no differentiation. The differentiation is us telling ourselves that's not the case, keeping ourselves from seeing that truth. I hope that's helping. Uh, Marianne and anybody else uh, that's listening for that know that the big message that's coming through guys and this is thank you Marianne uh, really really hit home uh, today is is that message of do not allow yourself to fall prey to to thinking that the way you're feeling all the time is only you right uh, especially if you're doing this work intentionally know that you are picking up and feeling other people especially if you feel compelled to do something continuously. Like I said, if it's something that you feel anxious about doing all the time or kind of dread doing, it's not something you want to do, simply put. And like I said, things that are true 
uh, truly meant for you, you'll notice like there's an adventure and an excitement and a, I kind of want to do that to it. So that's just you telling yourself, this is not for me. <laughs> this is nowhere close to for me, right? Let me explain. I'm trying to explain this. Uh, to this guy. I'm having a hard time getting this idea out, this message out. I'll explain it through the experience that I had today in the last couple of days over this live, because this is the context it comes through for me. And as I start to do these live channeled messages, sessions, like I explained earlier, there's a lot of energy. You know, I have to watch myself, make sure I'm doing okay, not throwing myself out of balance like I've done before on this app, right? But that being said, uh, there, I'm also constantly finding myself split between wanting to prioritize how I feel and what I feel drawn to do in the moment uh, or, or, or like what I know would be best for me in the moment in terms of my health and you know, all of this versus what I feel compelled to do. There's a compulsion that I feel inside. And the interesting thing is like the compulsion to produce content like this only comes after I start producing content. So when I take a big break, Right? When I don't do anything for a long time, I don't feel it anymore. <laughs> right? And then when I create after that, usually it's spot on. You know what I mean? Because I'm just doing it because I want to do it again. Oh, I, I got the desire to create it again. Here you go. Take that. See what, you, see what you think about that. But when I do the opposite, when I schedule it all out, I'm going to be on here today, tomorrow, next day, next day, next day. And I'm saying right now that's going to happen. I'm gripping the wheel. This is the direction we're going, and universe, we're going to make this. I'm closing myself off to being able to deliver any of the messages that you're getting tonight by doing that. Right? We have to let go of that kind of control. This world makes us believe that it's all linear, that we have to plan everything out. It's a lie. You don't. Matter of fact, that's how you keep yourself from getting to where you want to be. Plan it all out. See how it works. See how frustrated you get. How many times have you done that? How many times have you lost your mind over the fact that you couldn't control all of that shit, right? <laughs> That's how it happens. Thank you, Slepping, right? Thank you, Dana. Absolutely. I'm really glad this is resonating with everyone tonight um, because, you know, if you can apply some of these solutions slowly, I, I promise you they will help. Thank you very much. I appreciate your support, guys. Uh, this is what I do for a living, and I do not make a huge living doing it by any means, but uh, your guys' support is what's enabled it. So thank you very much. I said, and that's a long journey. Thank you, Marcy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, what you're all being called to do as well. It takes a long time to get to a place. Wow, Schlepping. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Uh, to get to a place where we feel, uh, you know, confident enough to say and do, to be who we are. Uh, and, you know, in order to do that, we have to let go of a lot of things. You know, like what I just described, but also the expectation for you know, a certain lifestyle, right? I, I live with my parents right now, not by choice, right? Thank you, old crone. And I've had to do that many different times throughout my life. I've also been in the military. I've worked for Amazon. I've worked in Washington, DC. I've gone to college. I've done all of these other things in between that, right? I say that not to gloat, right? But to describe the changes in your status over your life and the way in which sometimes if you wanna move forward, it can look like you're moving backward, right? For the last four years of my life specifically, but more than that, it's looked like I was moving backward <laughs> because I quit a six-figure job at Amazon, right? I started a podcast that made zero money for three and a half years and started driving DoorDash to make ends meet in the meantime. Well, I began losing my mind going through an awakening 
getting into one of the worst relationships I've ever been a part of or ever seen anybody a part of, going insane in that process and going to a mental institution, <laughs> right? And then coming back, thank you so much, uh, around full circle to finally, you know, doing this with all of you guys. And that's a very, very quick synopsis. <laughs> it doesn't do it justice by any means. Um, so again, not to gloat, it's to explain to you exactly, describe to you if you're experiencing these kind of, thank you, schlepping. Uh, I love the cowboy hat. If you're experiencing these kind of changes or this kind of pain in your life, know that if it's a dip, there's an upcoming, right? And it'll keep doing that sometimes. And it might be a long time, a lot longer than you think. But if you keep your eye on the prize, if you know you're going somewhere, you believe in that and you, you just allow that to flow, even if you take some steps back, thank you, Marcy, you will, as a matter of fact, Take some steps back. You'll get caught in some of those loops we talked about, right? We'll start going in circles and we'll get stuck in the circle. We won't recognize we're in the circle. Oh, is that, that's the monopoly, man. That's dope. <laughs> Sweet. Thank you. Um, if we allow ourselves to keep going in circles like that, uh, well, we will because we won't, we won't notice we're in a circle. You may have noticed when we get trapped in a loop, uh, you like, it's like taking an exit that you didn't know you took like a wrong exit and you don't know you just keep driving for a while and then before you know it you're like three hours down the road in the wrong direction that's kind of how it happens you know what i mean everything still looks the same and we're like oh we're doing okay we're doing great i still feel good and then slowly the seeping feeling of like yeah but do i really feel something feels off it doesn't feel as good as it did before something before you know you're like oh shit we're not in the right place anymore <laughs> right so anywho let me see what we got here a lot of energy coming through. A lot of energy. Kelly says, feeling paralyzed. Well, I hope, I hope, uh, oftentimes some of, some of the things, and let me clarify here too. I'm saying a lot of different stuff tonight, right? Over this last hour, as a matter of fact, I'm kind of shocked because there's been a lot coming through, different messages, right? These are different, all of these different things that I'm saying uh, can that's what it'll make you feel like, paralyzed, right? Uh, if you try to take it all in at once, right? Um, when I say that this is a lot of different energies coming through and giving information to a group, a collective, know that that is true. That's really what's happening. So that there are parts of the message as well, they may be true, could not necessarily be meant for you in this period in time, or a part of it could, right? If you're feeling overwhelmed, know that there's something that's overwhelming you it's one of the ideas right and that that means that it's just not the time and place you need to focus on it right now focus on what makes you what gives you that adventurous spirit like i was talking about what makes you feel good right thank you rebecca i'm not here to make you feel bad i'm here you know i'm here to describe to you exactly uh, what the truth is but in a way that's digestible so that it isn't paralyzing and, and oftentimes i can get lost in that so just know that i hope that helps kelly uh if if you do feel that kind of paralysis coming over you recognize that that can often be a reaction to us uh well it, many different things but oftentimes it's a reaction to the change that's being demanded of us or the things that we're seeing that we didn't see up until that point um and and that can be uh, you know a really terrifying process really really scary but know that that's part of that fear the water right that's the water to cross over so we're kind of coming full circle there. Um, that's what we'll feel like. And that's a, that's a, that's a really, thank you for the comment, uh, Kelly, because um, when, we, when we get that kind of paralysis, you, oftentimes you'll notice it will happen specifically in the timeframes when something very important is happening, right? So like if it, it's our fight or flight response being triggered, 
uh, and you're thank you schlepping. Um, and one of the reasons the fight or flight response, the reason it's there is to protect you, right? Especially in, in the case of you being hunted by something out in the wild or something, right? Or a car speeding towards you, but it, it, whatever, right? But oftentimes that can be hijacked by our emotional experience and our thinking mind, our, our critical thinking mind, where it's, it's almost like it gets overloaded. And then because it's so overloaded, it can't probably, you know, pay attention anymore almost. It's like it can't tell what's going on anymore. So it it triggers the fight or flight response, but specifically that freezing, because it's almost like a, a what am I supposed to sense next? What am I supposed to take in next, right? So that's what's coming through, Kelly. Know that that will go away very quickly. Just relax, right? Just relax and uh, let yourself... Uh, Know that there's zero pressure that's required. Whatever change you're contemplating, whatever you're feeling right in that moment, you don't have to do it like that, right? Uh, relax into it. That's what I'm hearing. Relax into it, right? Uh, we, we put pressure on ourselves to make things happen. The pressure doesn't help, right? The pressure doesn't help, and it's something we do. It's not, it's not a uh, quality of the thing we're trying to create. It's something that we're creating as we try to make the thing, right? So it's a, we can help not only uh, encourage the process of creation, but also make it a thing that's enjoyable again. Uh, Kelly, specifically, this is coming through. What are you, what gift? So there's a, this is very interesting. And this is a good example. Why I was saying about just say something because it'll it'll open you up to me being able to to feel what you're feeling, right? Is there a so is there a specific area in your body, Kelly? Because this is what I'm hearing. I'm being guided to explain how emotions uh, and tr specifically traumas, deep traumas will get held in the body at specific places in the body. But that oftentimes, especially the really deep traumas, the deepest ones, those you'll experience physical pain that is directly related to your gift. And let me kind of try to explain this. Uh, there's a idea that I came across in one of the book on shamanism that I was reading while I was going through a really dark part of the awakening that was describing how um, Oftentimes in shamanistic cultures, uh, thank you, May. Uh, thank you very much. Um, what will be perceived as a, uh, you know, a sickness. So when when kids get sick in shamanistic cultures, that's viewed as a primarily spiritual issue, physical issue secondary, right? Uh, and this is how it works in all of the shamanistic traditions. So if I want to heal you as a shaman, what I need to do is the spiritual work. And that will inform what I need to do and aid with physically, right? So if I need to have a certain herb or something, uh, that will be made known through the process of doing the spiritual work, going into the underworld. And shamans do this very specifically, sometimes with the aids of hallucinogens, but it's not the right term for it. They're not hallucinogens. Uh, natural kind of uh, lubricants is the best way I could put it, right? Uh, but many of them do it completely sober as well, in, in a sober mind. Uh, what they're doing, when you go into that place, what you'll notice is it's the same. It looks exactly the same. Thank you, Amy. Exactly the same as the dream world, except you can access it. There's a specific way you go about doing this that you know you, you learn as you get into shamanism. But um, what they'll do if somebody's sick and say they have you know a throat issue or something is they'll go and perform a ceremony on them. They'll go into deep meditation go into the underworld, the dream state, essentially. So if you've ever been in a very deep uh, hypnotic state while you're still awake, 
same kind of state, right? Uh, where you then navigate and you allow uh, your guides, specifically your guides, your animal helpers as well, spirit helpers, to guide you to the place in the body, uh, to show it through whatever figurative imagery you need as the shaman, uh, to guide you to where that is, where that sickness is being held. And then, and this really happens, this is what's crazy about it, is the information the shaman gets when they're under, when they're in like that, informs the treatment physically, right? So, and oftentimes, once they remove the spiritual side, uh, you'll notice a physical release happen at the same time, right? So this is a this is a a, a real process at work. It's something I, I didn't ever pay give any credit to until I started reading the book and going through it myself and applying it and recognizing that oh my god, the dream world is a real place. It's a real place, which is why it's fucking terrifying sometimes, <laughs> right? Uh, and it's also. Uh, so this is coming through for you, Kelly, specifically, that there's some work you're doing in the spirit realm in this way, right? In the dream realm, in that shadow realm. And it's connected to your gift. This is a deep trauma. Uh, something, whatever you experienced when you were a kid, I'm hearing, something very you know, traumatic when you were a kid, uh, kept you or led you or steered you away from what you were passionate about. Uh, and that you'll know what that is by where your pain is. Uh, because it will have limited you or kept you from doing that thing, right? And this is a message for everybody in here right now. You'll know what pain specifically in your body is that pain. Thank you, Schlepping, because it will keep you. And every every time you try to re-engage, thank you, Cole, uh, you try to re-engage with whatever you're passionate about, that will get worse again. You know, if it's a pain in your shoulder or your back or your neck or your head or your headache, whatever, as soon as you start to do that thing, it'll get worse. And if you once you notice that connection, you'll recognize, oh, this isn't just a physical, my body needs a little bit of ibuprofen or something, right? This is... I'm fighting something, right? I'm trying to reinvigorate myself, heal myself, and I'm feeling that process happening as I'm doing this, right? And so uh, this is what's happening for all of us right now, right? This is what happens for us as we heal. Uh, but know that, Kelly, that that's part of that process, that paralysis, right? And if anybody else feels that in this while we're in lives, know that that's kind of a, like I said, it's, it's, it's a good sign in the sense that we know we're deep enough to where we're actually getting to something that would scare us enough to make us freeze because most of the time we won't even go that deep right but if we can look at those fears and recognize just because they're there doesn't mean they're going to hurt us right then we can get past them transmute them let go and you'll notice that the feeling starts to go away a paralysis that heaviness starts to go away and you'll start to feel better again not just overnight if especially if it's a deep trauma but that's the process at least hmm. missing your cat i'm sorry just uh, they're so as many of you are familiar with right uh, are familiars uh, are animals uh, if you have an animal they serve as a familiar a familiar is something um, it's an idea from kind of uh, I guess you could call it like paganistic traditions right um, but there's a idea that you have helpers in shamanistic traditions that you have helpers in the spirit realm and that your animals specifically the one that's the closest to you that you have that kind of connection with are the ones that uh they're there they honestly a lot of the times are our protectors and not the other way around which is what's so fascinating about the relationship we have with our animals because we take care of them and they take care of us it's just the way they take care of us is in a less physical way right sometimes it can be but uh you know as you, i'm sure you know 
you know, a cat or a dog or any animal can be an incredible companion and a protector, like I said, in times of, of distress where you may have noticed that your animal will go through the same kind of physical pains or emotional pain that you go through when you go through it. And I'm describing all of this, uh, just the J, just so you know that your cat isn't gone. In the same way, this is a similar message to everybody that's lost somebody or something or someone, right? They're not gone. And I mean this, they're not gone. Literally, they are a part of you, right? Uh, you can recognize this is true just by recognizing that the memories, thank you, Marcy, thank you very much, uh, that the memory of them is never gone. You can't lose it. You can't, not even if you tried, right? That's a part of you. And even though it feels like it happened back then, the past and the future, those are the illusions. Those actually don't exist. You know this. Go to the past. Go to the future. They're nowhere to be found. It's always just this happening, right? Over and over and over and over again. Which is why they're always with you, right? There is no past when they were here and future when they're not or now when they're not. There's just a changing energy form, shifting from one pattern to another, right? This is the conservation of energy, if you want to describe it in a more secular way, at play in the spiritual sense, right? But that when we pass away, we just change form. This is a law of nature. Energy is not created nor destroyed, simply changes form. So that your cat, uh, Just the J, has simply changed form. Thank you, Amy. Uh, and anybody else that's lost anybody significant, they have simply changed form. Uh, now they are more directly a part of you than they were before, if you're honest with yourself. But it's a sad process because we have to recognize that we no longer get to experience them in that physical way, in the same way. And that's a, that's a certain type of letting go we have to go through, right? But knowing that not only are they always with you, but that as a matter of fact, because they never leave you, they tend to show back up again in another form. I hear fairly soon. So just the J, uh, if, if you are missing your cat or if you've, you know, kind of been worried about, I'm hearing, you know, when we lose animals, uh, oftentimes we feel guilty, um, because we don't know when it's time, when the time is right to replace them. And that's why I bring this up because that's not what's happening. Uh, if you allow the process, if you don't go out there and, you know, I gotta, I gotta, avoid this loneliness or whatever it is real quick and buy something and get another animal, uh, you'll notice that the universe will bring it to you when it's time, when you've gone through the process of healing, right? Uh, it'll bring you your familiar. And while it may not be the exact same form, right? Uh, the cat that you, were, you had before, what you'll notice is it has similar qualities. One of the things that attracts it to you is it has that same kind of spark, right? Whatever it was made that original cat special and that's something that I've, I'm getting emotional speaking about it because it's something I've noticed in my animals I had a, a, a chocolate lab when I was a kid that I grew up with named Shadow <laughs> sweet dog and gentle and kind right uh, and protected me was a, was a friend through really hard times um And one of the things I've learned uh, as, you know, I lost him, you know, I, I grew up and, and moved away and went to the military and he ended up passing away when I was gone, you know, and so it was this weird, uh, like I said, almost guilt that I felt. Uh, 
up right now. So for anybody's watching right now, this is something I wasn't expecting. So interesting energy for anybody that is healing from this right now, right? Uh, there's a guilt we can feel over not appreciating, I think is the best way to put it. Uh, genuine love when it's right in front of you. Uh, it'll, it'll make you retrospectively recognize the ways in which you need to do better, right? Not in a way that like you didn't take care of them or whatever, but in the way that there's always an opportunity to say I love you one more time or to actually pay attention, you know, when you get home from work. Thank you, Janice. You get an opportunity to do that, to be that in life. That's what's so fucking awesome about life. You know, when Shadow went away, there was a period of time, honestly, one of the darkest times when I was, God, it was dangerous for me. I almost died. Uh, when I didn't have an animal, I didn't have that familiar, I could feel that vulnerability. I didn't have, a, I didn't have my armor on. You know, and I remember thinking, like, I, I want to get another animal. I, I want another dog, another animal. But and this was before I was, you know, recognize any of the intuitive abilities or anything like that. But I feel guilty. I feel like I, if I replace him, it's doing him a disservice. And then, a couple years after he passed away, I was working at a bar. Uh, after I got out of the military, I was bouncing and drinking a lot and smoking a lot and not doing very well, <laughs> you know. And uh, my buddy ended up finding a dog, a random stray uh, that had been abused. She had been beat up and cut up and just a little puppy, a little pit bull. And I remember he said, you know, like, he came into work one day, he's like, I got this new dog, man, but I can't, I have two pit bulls and they're, they're both male. She went into heat and they're fighting each other now. He's like, I can't keep the dog. I gotta get, I gotta give her away or take her to the pound or something. I have no idea what to do. And I was like, well, maybe I should go say hi to her. And I went over one day and as soon as I opened the door, I've never, you know, right? And I'm sure many people that are watching this have experienced this, but I opened the door and instant recognition. Not just one way. She's like she saw me and like ran to me. Right? She didn't know who the fuck I was. But something in her knew. That's the one. You know, and I knew that too. That's the one. And why is that the case? Because I truly believe this. Because that one of the things that's happening there is you're recognizing that resonant quality. You're seeing a familiar face. It's just not in the exact same form, right? It doesn't look exactly like Shadow, and it's not Shadow. It's Dixie. But Dixie and Shadow, they're my familiar, right? That's your cat, Jay. That's what she is for you, and that's whatever animal comes next. You know that. So I hope that helps. Uh, anybody that has is going through that kind of pain. Hmm. 
Frankly says, uh, I like to touch someone's hand or shoulder and then I can read them. I'm very new to this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you have to figure out exactly what works for each of you, right? Um, you have a very specific quirk in the way it works. Like mine is kind of like I've described tonight. You know, you kind of have to help me in some ways get the juices flowing through asking a question or stating something that just opens it up enough to where I can read the energy. Uh, because if I don't have that, uh, I've, I've learned at this point, you know, through, through trying to do this, uh, that that's the way it comes through. It's actually not yeah, just through watching and listening to what, what gets produced. So hmm. Brandy asks, uh, spirits are leaving stuff in my home. What are they trying to tell me? You say leaving things. Uh, do you mean like moving things around? Because that's what I'm seeing when I try to tune into it. I'm seeing more like things getting moved around the house. Uh, <laughs> Did you have like a mischievous like grandparent or grandfather of some sort, uh, Brandy? Because this is a very interesting energy um, and I'm way behind again. So I'll have to catch back up. But uh, that's for some reason, as I try to tune in, I'm brought to a memory of my experience, experience I've had similar of that, but I'm being, I'm being reminded or thought, thank you, Sadie, of, of a grandfather and a mischievous spirit is partially why uh, it might be a little confusing for you because part of the reason that the things are getting moved around is, is as a, uh, if you weren't here for the beginning of the live Brandy, it's a ancestors passed on loved ones people like this even if you didn't know them when you you know they never were alive around you uh, they you form a team of sorts thank you amy uh you form a, a certain type of team spiritually and you work together on certain karmic issues right and so uh your healing is intricately tied to his or hers or whoever else is around you at that point but it feels like a grandfather energy around right um that whatever you're going through is tied to whatever they suffered from as well. This could have also specifically been the way the trauma was passed down. Could have been directly through experiencing it from that person, or it could be uh, just a shared trauma that you experienced in the family. Uh, but that being said, what that, what I'm being drawn, what he's pointing out is that the mischievous nature is is to to get you to recognize that it's happening and to accept that it's real. Uh, because not that you may not have recognized that before, but there's a way in which, and you, you'll, you'll know this when I say it, that even though we say we feel something's real, we still kind of want proof, 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 right? And so it'll we'll keep on wanting one more, one more. So I'm getting like, he's he's kind of being a smart ass about it and like doing it a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like anytime you doubt, it's like, pff, 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 pff. you know, anyway, that's what I get. So I hope it helps. friend asks, I'm feeling so alone. Is anything good happening anytime soon? I can guarantee you, friend, I can guarantee you there is. There's a caveat to that. You have to actually feel that that can happen. It's the only catch, right? Part of the reason you're feeling the way you are right now, and this is a hard message, right? Isn't because you're actually alone. It's not because you don't have people around you. It's because you're feeling the fundamental pain that I was talking about earlier. That's why it's true. If anybody that doesn't believe me, just isolate yourself for longer than 24 hours, right? Ask yourself how you feel. 
you'll recognize that the feeling of being alone is one of the most overwhelming things you can possibly go through. And it does not mean there's something wrong with you. Fran, know that. Know that. Because you're alone does not reflect badly on you. Matter of fact, it simply means you're being isolated so that you can re-identify what is real and what isn't, what's true and what isn't, right? And also so that we can recognize that the best friend you'll ever have is yourself. If you treat yourself that way, if you recognize your innate value. And I mean this, I, I say this being alone in the moment. It may seem as I sit here, like I said, in this house that there's like people around me and things like that. No, matter of fact, for the last three or four months, I've seen none people I know. Three? No, three months, two months, two months. Since I came back from Colorado, a little vacation I went on with my parents. I did on a, for my aunt's, or my aunt, my, my cousin's funeral. It wasn't really a vacation, but. <laughs> right, I haven't seen anybody. And it's the same thing that happened last year. Same time frame too. And I remember last year, son of a bitch. I was beating myself up. I couldn't stand that feeling, right? And I was just waiting, like you're saying, Fran, when am I not gonna feel this anymore? The advice that's coming through for you right now is don't jump ship too quickly. Don't grab the first thing that comes around, whether that's a person, a job, a place, a home, or whatever. Allow yourself to be comfortable in the alone. Know and trust that what's meant for you will not pass you by and that it's on its way. The universe works like this. It's always up and down. So if you're here, you know this is where you're headed. As long as you know that. <laughs> That's what's so beautiful about it. If you're in the pit, you know there's nowhere else to go but up. And as soon as you recognize it, that starts to happen. It's so beautiful. It's instantaneous. I hope that helps, Fran. Uh, you're you're not alone know that true you are not alone there are so many energies around you specifically right now you're never more surrounded by those ancestors those guides that i'm talking about than when you are in that place of isolation right but no truly know that you can enjoy that time i mean it because I'm, I'm doing it right now i this is not this is not just like a motivational speech i'm doing it with you right now we're both alone <laughs> right and have been for a while and that's okay <laughs> right. hmm. Everything. Why were you saved? It wasn't your time. You know, that's, a, that's an easy one, right? Uh, but specifically, It's always very simple, Archangel. What I'm getting as I try to tune in is like uh, it's uh, there's work. There's a uh, work that's necessary in different realms. Right. So you can rejoin the universe. You can go back to that wholeness that you may have experienced. You know, through whatever experience you went through, if it was a near near death experience or something. Uh, but you can. There's things that are. There's a reason you came here. Uh, and oftentimes, um, when we doubt or we get lost enough uh, from that purpose, um, the way we get realigned is actually through like a, right? And sometimes that can be like, it can appear like we got really close, you know, like shit, that almost took us out, you know? But it's almost like the universe is coming through to say like, we got you, we always have you, <laughs> right? And you're, it's your time to go when it's your time to go. And when you're done here, right? 
this idea that like the universe is making mistakes and some people get taken too early or whatever it is like I, I just don't think that's true it doesn't make sense to me right why would you attribute mistake to something that's all-knowing it doesn't make any sense right which is also why uh it's a complete tangent but it's also one of the arguments why you can recognize that the figure of the devil or lucifer itself is not actually identified properly uh because of the omniscience of god the creator of all things right tangent i don't just sprinkle that in there and leave it there but actually kind of fun maybe she okay well i guess i'll explain it <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry. <laughs> there's, there's like so much energy right now. There's a lot of people in here. So thank you for being here. But there's so much energy coming through right now. Um, let me explain that concept I was just describing real quick. Because this is coming through for anybody watching. Word of warning. Uh, this topic is an off-putting for most people. Uh, the topic over the figure of the devil or Satan or Lucifer speaking about it in any capacity will make people uncomfortable. Right? So know that ahead of the time. But know that there's nothing evil innately about what's going on here about speaking about the figure uh, what i'm trying to do is demystify uh the i'm trying to demystify a very specific part of the idea of what it is so that it no longer has the same power over you that it always has the way that these kind of energies work is through fear right the conception of the devil is something like the ultimate evil, if you could conceive of it. But the best way I've ever seen it shown is the the Joker, Joaquin Phoenix, or Heath Ledger's. Both of them do a very good job of explaining or showing what the motivation and how you create a devil in the world, a real one, right? An actual walking, breathing, talking one, right? But that this is also a figure that lives internally inside of us. It's the way we think. It's part of the way that human beings contemplate the world. And this goes all the way back to the Bible in the Garden of Eden, right, in this story. But one of the things that's always kind of confounded me, and one of the things that's led me to recognizing one of the deepest truths that I've recognized, very controversial, so like I said, fair warning, uh, that we've confused two figures as different figures when they're the same figure. Lucifer, if you look in the, uh, the pantheon of angels, Lucifer was uh, created in the story of creation. I don't know if it's actually the story of creation. It might not be in the original Bible. Anyway, the story goes that Lucifer was created uh, as the most beautiful, the highest of all of angel, uh, God's angels, right? Uh, it was known for the intellect, right? Uh, cunning, uh, but also being kind of the, the, the beauty that comes with that. So don't think about it in this sense when we're talking about the figure of Lucifer as the angel. We got to take away the Satan part. The thing that's like ultimate evil, this is before that, right? This is what the thing was fundamentally archetypally. Lucifer was a, the most beautiful, aesthetically beautiful angel God created, the smartest, the most compassionate in some ways because of the brilliance, right? The ability to th see things that other people can't see, which is also why he was referred to as God's favored son, right? Now, when you read the story of the fall of human beings or being, human beings being cast out of the Garden of Eden, what most people remember is the snake, usually depicted as Satan tempting Eve with the apple of, of knowledge, right? The apple of creation. Consciousness is what it's usually referred to philosophically as, but the apple represents consciousness. Lucifer giving this to human beings uh, when God commands against it. 
Now, the motivation is where I think is what's so important to look here, because what we often do with these figures is we we create gods out of them when we're supposed to anthropomorphize them more because they're archetypal parts of the human being. So the figure of Lucifer, when embodied properly, when understood properly, is the parts of you that contain all those attributes, 111 that I just talked about, 191, big energy coming through right now, 123, tons of energy coming through right now, right guys? So this may be a big, big message for some of you that are listening that can help demystify, I'm getting, right? As, uh, some of the fear that we feel over the way that the world is established. So as the story goes, he's his favorite angel. And uh, you got to imagine yourself in Lucifer's shoes, which is something we don't usually do because we don't want to get too close to the devil kind of a thing. Uh, But allow yourself for a second to imagine what it'd feel like to be God's favorite creation. And then allow yourself for a second to imagine what it'd feel like if your parents, God, decided they wanted to create another version. Right? Uh, I'm going to start working on something over here and I'm going to make them different than you. Right? And I kind of fall in, I start to fall in love with them in a way that as any child would recognize uh, that's had a stepsister or brother come into the world is incredibly rattling inside. What it can inspire inside of you and will, you know, as you go through the thought experiment is a series of questions, which if you're thinking about what the figure is archetypally, these are questions that if Lucifer is the intellect, it can't ignore. The very definition is it sees things that people can't see. So as God creates human beings, Lucifer sees the parts of the human being that could be dangerous to God creation itself, that could risk something in it, that could, and this is again, a very compassionate way of uh, retelling this story, but I think it's necessary. That has a worry of whether it's mother and father is going to abandon it. Uh, why is it all of a sudden not favored anymore? Why do you like that thing more? You can see all of this insecurity starts to spring out of this figure that immediate before was the most beautiful thing you had. So what happens? You know, he goes and tempts Adam and Eve. And again, when you once you go through that thought experiment, you realize it's not the same motivation that we thought it was before. It's not just a malicious thing saying, fuck you, eat the apple, screw you, God. One, two, three. It's a scared child worried that its parents going to abandon it that is actually worried that the thing it's creating is dangerous and wants to prove that so it says look it'll disobey you watch (laughs) right and it does so this is where it gets crazier right we set that all up we got the figure of lucifer right being described over and over again as god's favored son in that pantheon before the fall and then having all these attributes of beauty and compassion, cunning and intellect and all of these things. And then, (laughs) I don't even know how to segue to this. We look at the figure of Jesus Christ. One of the things that tuned me into this, and again, this is radical, guys. So if anybody, if this upsets anybody, it's not my intent, promise you. But this is true, you can look it up yourself. That Lucifer is... I think it's Greek. It might be in Greek or Aramaic. It means translated the morning star, right? I saw that on a Wikipedia thing and I've heard that before. And I was like, what does that mean morning star? Because I had done a podcast episode on the morning star, but it was in a different context. 
because a few years prior I had been the, I don't know if you guys remember a couple years back they had this conjunction of I think it was, it was Jupiter and Saturn uh, in the night sky that was really rare that was said to have been the same conjunction that happened in the night sky when Jesus was born right they had the star that the, the three wise men followed to go to find the manger in Bethlehem where Jesus is born in the story right well that conjunction was happening and so I started to look into that and what I realized in that research was that 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 star was called the morning star, right? So then, like I said, come back to a couple months ago and I'm or about a year ago and I'm researching more and I, I'm on Wikipedia again and I come across, I type in the morning star and it has this list of figures that have been referred to as the morning star and I got, start going down it and right next to each other is Lucifer and Jesus. And I'm like, what? Why would they... That makes no sense immediately, right? And then I start going through the thought experiment that I explained to you. Now think about the birth of Jesus. Just practically think about this. If you had a fall from grace, right? You had a figure that was universal, archetypal, an angel, bifurcated. What would it look like if we were to actually see an angel fall from grace? What would it look like in the world? Maybe a star? falling from the heavens down and pointing you to the place in which it's going to enter this realm. Right? So there's that link. And then there's the fact that Jesus himself repeatedly throughout the Bible refers to himself, calls himself the morning star. (laughs) So again, it's like a kind of moment. What does that mean? Lucifer's Jesus. Why is Lucifer described as Satan? Why, why would all of that be a part? And again, it's not, it's not like I have some answer immediately. This is what started to run through my head. But what I realized as I looked deeper into it and, and as I contemplated it more is I can't unsee those things now. It, 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 I, it seems true. I, I kind of don't want it to be, but it is from what I can tell. <laughs> that the figure of Lucifer, the angel, is the same thing as Jesus. Jesus is fallen angel Lucifer in human form. You can recognize that through Jesus's qualities, but you got to look past the devil conception again. What's archetypal Lucifer's qualities? Beauty, intellect, compassion, cunning, all of these things that you see in the figure of Jesus, right? That makes him radical. That makes him the thing that gets murdered eventually, right? You don't have something uh, with the balls to say the shit that Jesus was saying, you know, back in that time frame without having those archetypal qualities, right? That's why he was murdered. So you can see in that, whoa, that's why he was God's favorite angel. And then there, to top it all off, Lucifer is called God's favored son. And what is the story of Jesus but God bringing his only son to earth to save humanity? Also, if you had to do that, as, as God, right? If you had to have somebody fall, if you created something that you, you could only fix through a certain type of sacrifice, let's say, who would you choose? If you went and chose anybody else but your favorite son, what would happen, right? You'd cause chaos. By default, that's the one that should be going. That's the one that should fall. Right? Because it has all the qualities to take it on. (laughs) 
you know? And so it's just, my goodness, thank you everybody that's in here right now. I really appreciate it. I'm glad it's resonating with you because I know it's a very radical way to view Christianity, right? But I do believe it's one of the parts of Christianity that's been confused and hidden. And it starts to unravel a lot of, I think, the truth about religion once you start to look down that that rabbit hole. Um, It also, the reason I explain it, can start to demystify the figure of Satan and also start to make you feel a little less afraid in the world, which is partially how that energy operates, right? Again, it's a bifurcated energy. It's not just one big madman or mad woman sitting on a throne. It's the same thing as Jesus. What I've come to realize is the figure of Lucifer or the conception of Satan that we've come to know, the, the dark side, is the other side of the same coin, right? It's it's Darth Vader to Luke, right? It's a, that's what Jesus and Lucifer are. Two sides of the exact same thing. Two parts of that personality, right? Um, which is also, and you can see this. It's so obvious. Again, it's so obvious when you read the Bible. Look at the, the part uh, of the Bible where Jesus goes into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. That entire part of the Bible is a story of him talking to the devil. But what happens? He doesn't see it in front of him. He's talking to himself in his own head contemplating these huge things. The devil is saying, you can have the entire world. You can take over all of this shit. Why don't you just do it? <laughs> you can hear that own convert, your own convert. That happened in your head. If you had the, if you had all of these people following you, believing what you're saying, it's literally you saying, hey, you could take advantage of this if you want. And you could have whatever the fuck you want right now. They'd believe you. They'd do whatever they want. So are you gonna, you know? So you can see in the story itself, Jesus was not some perfect being sitting there presenting the perfect way to be. He was a authentic thing showing truly every, every aspect of himself, right? Really battling, fighting this aspect of himself, right? And then that's so, the other, you can take that deeper even, you know, because I like to believe that, you know, the earlier thought experiment we talked about of, of the reason that God created this being, I'm lonely, just cut it in half. You know what I mean? I want something else to look at. Well, then that means that everything from that division is still God, which is why you're God, but you're not the whole God, right? That's why. And it's because you're a division of it, but you're still, it's still the whole thing when you put it all together, right? So uh, it's just kind of an illusion that you're not the same thing. It's, 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 it's what this realm creates. But that... Uh, uh, I lost it. Anyway, that must have been my... Thank you for all the likes and the uh, shares, guys. I appreciate that. I hope I'm glad it resonated. But if you're curious, if you if, if what I said like shook you in the wrong way, just go look it up, right? You'll you'll see. There's there's tons of if you want to, like I said, because it doesn't stop unraveling. There's more to it. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a whole bunch to the story of Jesus. Uh, it's it's also why um, thinking of the figure of Jesus as a nice thing is a very very inaccurate way to think about the figure. And is demonstrated as such in the Bible. Again, it's just an improper retelling, a way that we raise the figure on a pedestal that was never meant to be, uh, <laughs> right? It was it was meant to be this representation of authentic human beings, what you are when you stop pretending to be everything else. That's what Jesus was, right? But that also meant he got really angry at times, said things and did things that confused the hell out of people. And that's why it confused them because they were sitting there thinking he's just this nice thing. That's not what he is. Matter of fact, if you really knew what he is, you'd know that half of him 
is the worst thing you could ever imagine. But the fact that he knows that and fights with it is what makes him seem and look like such a happy, nice thing, right? I speak this because it's something you can experience, right? Uh, the path of Jesus. If you start to act out these principles, if you start to battle that internal demon that I just described, that you have too, you know it. <laughs> I don't have to convince you of this. You know it's true. You experience it every day. That side of yourself, inside of you, it's not something you have to extricate or eliminate. It's a part of you. It's there for a reason. And that reason, it's almost like uh, the same way that you know we talk about any of the darkness in the world in a photonegative way. Matter of fact, it's kind of your compass, just not in the way we think about it. Uh, it's it's like a, a photo. It's a negative compass, right? So like basically, we're in the same in the same way a photo negative works, right? If you've ever seen that when you're developing a picture and you have the photo negative, it's just it's just the contrast, right? The dark and the light area is kind of like a black and white photo, but that's how you know where to put the color, right? And so that's uh, that's kind of what the figure of Lucifer represents inside of each of us is that beauty, right? That, that comes out of that kind of capacity. So uh, that's why I speak of what I speak, spoke of earlier of, of the divine feminine uh, and shadow work being attached and tied together because the divine feminine is intricately tied to your intuitive, psychic and magic abilities, right? And those are hidden and locked away through a false conception and narrative about what is evil in the world or the or actually matter of fact about evil period. It doesn't exist. It's the same way as time. Up and down exists. Left and right exists. You could say good and bad exists. Good and evil in that way you could say exists, but it's the same thing. It's the same thing as down. There's no like deeper meaning to evil than down. It's the same thing, right? Uh, when The reason I say that is because if we start to create classifications for things that don't exist, we'll start misperceiving the world in ways that could drastically affect us, right? Which is what we end up doing oftentimes uh, with this conception of evil that we apply on the world. As you saw earlier, as I confronted that one uh, gentleman, which I don't mean to call out, but was saying that tarot cards are, you know, demons, you can see that on display very readily, right? Uh, the way in which, as we vilify the world, we'll make ourselves a warrior against it and unintentionally turn away or attack people, places, or things that are just trying to bring truth, right? <laughs> so don't make the world a villain in that way. If you've seen the world through that lens of good and evil for your entire life, know that I share that with you for most of my life and know that that's not the only way you can conceive of the world doesn't mean that evil goes away. It doesn't mean you bury your head in the sand. It means you recontextualize what it means in your individual life and thus kind of truly start to reshape the world. You'll start to see that the world gets more beautiful immediately. Not that it actually is changing, but you're just allowing yourself to see it now kind of a thing, right? Thank you for all the comments, guys. Thank you, party. I appreciate you. Uh, I'm really glad this resonated, guys. And for everybody that's watching, I'm, I'm very flattered that everybody's in here uh, tonight and, and getting something out of these channeled messages. Um, I am going to start to wind down here. Uh, I'm going to catch up on some of the uh, chats here and then we'll sign off and I'll be back on soon. Um, just because as the music kind of dies down, 
I, I cannot do it another uh, four-hour segment like I did the other night. I will, I will deplete myself again. So, trying to practice what I preach, right? prioritize yourself uh, always. It's not a selfish thing. It's a self-love thing. You can't be there for other people. You can't take care of other people. You can't even be yourself if you don't take care of yourself first, right? Uh, if there's people, as you start to do that, the people that try to make you feel like you're being selfish for prioritizing yourself in that way, know that that's a very good way to tell who shouldn't be a part of your life as you move forward, right? Uh, those are the people that have been feeding off of you, right? That don't like the fact that you're not paying attention to yourself instead of them. They need to learn that lesson themselves. The way they learn that lesson is to stop giving them the source, the resource that they crave. Your attention, your love, whatever it is. Give it to yourself first. Then you'll find exactly the people after you do that, you know, loving of yourself. The people that you should be sharing that with and engaging with, they'll show up. Again, you may piss off a lot of people, but you'll feel good the entire time. And not because you're pissing them off, because you're being yourself. And uh, for the subscriber that subscribed, thank you so much. I appreciate you. As a Marcy, thank you, Marcy. I appreciate you. And Frankie, Susie, Mindy, if you guys are on here uh, tonight, thank you so much for being subscribers. Uh, if anybody else would like to subscribe, uh, you can do so right up there. <laughs> and um, I also do, uh, like I said earlier, a podcast. It's called The Unfounded Podcast. If you are going through uh, the awakening process in any way, or you're just curious on spirituality, or you like philosophy or politics or history or anything like that, uh, check out The Unfounded Podcast. Uh, it explores those kind of topics, and specifically ideas like the one I just described uh, with the figure of Lucifer and Jesus. Anything that's unfounded, or a matter of fact, uh, it's a podcast designed to probe the ideas that we call founded in our world to see if they actually are. What I've found is most of them aren't. <laughs> so, uh, but check me out on there. Uh, my link tree on my profile here uh, is how you can get access to all that. Um, I've got some other projects I'm working on. I'll keep you guys included. Check back for lives. Um, I'm going to be going live more often soon. Again, I'm not going to do schedules any more than just the day of because I, as I explained already, channel messages tend to get restricted when you do that. So, um, I will post day of when I'm going to do a live and uh, there might be some lives that just kind of pop on because like I said, I have some other projects that I want to share with you guys and just hang out and, you know, vibe with. So uh, look for those over the next couple weeks too. Uh, let's see here. Let me catch up on some of the comments, guys. Thank you so much for everybody that was in here and all the comments. Apologies for not being able to get to all of them. For anybody that I was able to, to read for, I hope that it resonated for you. Um, and, uh, and I hope it helps you, right? Um, know that these, like I said, I, one of my biggest goals here, guys, thank you, Laura, I appreciate that. One of my biggest goals here is to demystify these gifts and to let you know that there's you're not different than me. There's nothing different in you. And I mean that literally. You think the same way as I'm thinking right now. All you have to do is say it. <laughs> That's why it's resonating with you. So know that there's not as far to go. as If you feel like you have a long ways to go, uh, 211, know that it's not as, not as far as you think. It's just a, a, a process of being more honest with yourself and externally. So absolutely, Kelly, no problem. Uh, thank you, Deanna. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, namaste. And I'll, I'll be back on soon. So, whew, I'm, I'm going to have to shake off some of the energy a little bit. I 
I'm on here for two hours and I lose track of time. I just ramble and ramble and ramble, my goodness. Uh, but these are actually, before I go, um, I'm also posting these lives after the fact. If you wanna go back to them uh, and listen to them again, um, you can find them on the podcast. I'm gonna post them once a week, so it won't be like right after. I'm gonna kind of stagger them, but check back the week after we do these on the podcast and you'll see the, the channeled message episode up there as well with the video and all the audio to go back through. So if there's something that you heard on here, one of the ideas I went through too quickly or just skipped over too quickly, I uh, know that you can go back and, and re-engage with that as well. So, uh, you, you know what, that's a good idea. Um, I will list it by date, Lisa. It's I, I only started with the first one because there's only this is the third one. So um, the first one's posted right now. If you want to go back and listen to that one, uh, it's pretty cool. It came out really good, actually. I was surprised, but uh, um, I'll I'll put the date on there too, uh, so that you can get the exact date that it was broadcast on and, and remember which one it was. So cool. I'm glad that it resonated, guys. I'm glad that that's something you're excited about. So. Um, Cool. I think this is the most, uh, this is the biggest live I've had so far. So thank you for being a part of it. And uh, thank you for your support. And um, just be you guys. Good luck on whatever you're creating, because I know you're going to create something amazing. You just got to let yourself do it. That's what I'm working on too. Just allow yourself to do it. Right? Walk over the little bit of water. <laughs> it's not that much relative to what you've done up until this point. Thank you, all crone. You've gone through so much in your life. So just a little bit more. <laughs> Lots of love, guys. I'll see you soon. Bye. The Chosen. That's a good show. That's a good show. Check out The Chosen. <laughs>